Chapter Five of A Shepherd's Life by William Henry Hudson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: Early Memories. A Child Shepherd, Isaac and His Children, Shepherding in Boyhood, Two Notable Sheep Dogs, Jack the Adder Killer, Sitting on an Adder, Ruff and the Drovers, The Salisbury Coach, A Sheep Dog Suckling a Lamb caleb shepherding began in childhood at all events he had his first experience of it at that time many an old shepherd whose father was shepherd before him has told me that he began to go with the flock very early in life when he was no more than ten to twelve years of age caleb remembered being put in charge of his father's flock at the tender age of six it was a new and wonderful experience and made so vivid and lasting an impression on his mind that now when he is past eighty he speaks of it very feelingly as of something which happened yesterday it was harvesting time and isaac who was a good reaper was wanted in the field but he could find no one not even a boy to take charge of his flock in the meantime and so to be able to reap and keep an eye on the flock at the same time he brought his sheep down to the part of the down adjoining the field it was on his liberty or that part of the down where he was entitled to have his flock he then took his very small boy caleb and placing him with the sheep told him they were now in his charge that he was not to lose sight of them and at the same time not to run about among the furze bushes for fear of treading on an adder by and by the sheep began straying off among the furze bushes and no sooner would they disappear from sight than he imagined they were lost forever or would be unless he quickly found them and to find them he had to run about among the bushes with the terror of adders in his mind and the two troubles together kept him crying with misery all the time then at intervals isaac would leave his reaping and come to see how he was getting on and the tears would vanish from his eyes and he would feel very brave again and to his father's question he would reply that he was getting on very well finally his father came and took him to the field to his great relief but he did not carry him in his arms he strode along at his usual pace and let the little fellow run after him stumbling and falling and picking himself up again and running on and by and by one of the women in the field cried out be you not ashamed isaac to go that pace and not bide for the little child i do believe he's no more'n seven year poor mite no more'n six answered isaac proudly with a laugh but though not soft or tender with his children he was very fond of them and when he came home early in the evening he would get them round him and talk to them and sing old songs and ballads he had learnt in his young days down in the village the days of queen elizabeth the blacksmith the gown of green the dawning of the day and many others which caleb in the end got by heart and used to sing too when he was grown up caleb was about nine when he began to help regularly with the flock that was in the summer time when the flock was put every day on the down and when isaac's services were required for the haymaking and later for harvesting and other work his best memories of this period relate to his mother and to two sheep-dogs jack at first and afterwards rough both animals of original character jack was a great favourite of his master who considered him a terrible good dog 
he was rather short-haired like the old welsh sheepdog once common in wiltshire but entirely black instead of the usual colour blue with a sprinkling of black spots this dog had an intense hatred of adders and never failed to kill every one he discovered at the same time he knew that they were dangerous enemies to tackle and on catching sight of one his hair would instantly bristle up and he would stand as if paralyzed for some moments glaring at it and gnashing his teeth then springing like a cat upon it he would seize it in his mouth only to hurl it from him to a distance this action he would repeat until the adder was dead and isaac would then put it under a furze bush to take it home and hang it on a certain gate the farmer too like the dog hated adders and paid his shepherd sixpence for every one his dog killed one day caleb with one of his brothers was out with the flock amusing themselves in their usual way on the turf with nine morris men and the shepherd's puzzle when all at once their mother appeared unexpectedly on the scene it was her custom when the boys were sent out with the flock to make expeditions to the down just to see what they were up to and hiding her approach by keeping to a hedge side or by means of the furze bushes she would sometimes come upon them with disconcerting suddenness on this occasion just where the boys had been playing there was a low stout furze bush so dense and flat-topped that one could use it as a seat and his mother taking off and folding her shawl placed it on the bush and sat down on it to rest herself after her long walk i can see her now said caleb sitting on that furze bush in her smock and leggings with a big hat like a man's on her head for that's how she dressed but in a few moments she jumped up crying out that she felt a snake under her and snatched off the shawl and there sure enough out of the middle of the flat bush-top appeared the head of an adder flicking out its tongue the dog too saw it dashed at the bush forcing his muzzle and head into the middle of it seized the serpent by its body and plucked it out and threw it from him only to follow it up and kill it in the usual way ruff was a large shaggy grey-blue bobtail bitch with a white collar she was a clever good all-round dog but had originally been trained for the road and one of the shepherd's stories about her relates of her intelligence in her own special line the driving of sheep one day he and his smaller brother were in charge of the flock on the down and were on the side where it dips down to the turnpike road about a mile and a half from the village where a large flock driven by two men and two dogs came by they were going to the britford sheep fair and were behind time isaac had started at daylight that morning with sheep for the same fair and that was the reason of the boys being with the flock as the flock on the down was feeding quietly the boys determined to go to the road to watch the sheep and men pass and arriving at the roadside they saw that the dogs were too tired to work and the men were getting on with great difficulty one of them looking intently at ruff asked if she would work oh yes she'll work said the boy proudly and calling ruff he pointed to the flock moving very slowly along the road and over the turf on either side of it ruff knew what was wanted she had been looking on and had taken the situation in with her professional eye away she dashed and running up and down first on one side then on the other quickly put the whole flock 
numbering eight hundred, into the road and gave them a good start. "'Why, she be a road-dog!' exclaimed the drover delightedly. "'She's better for me on the road than for you on the down. I'll buy her of you.' "'No, I mustn't sell her,' said Caleb. "'Look here, boy,' said the other. "'I'll give you a sovereign and this young dog, and he'll be a good one with a little more training.' "'No, I mustn't,' said Caleb, distressed at the other's persistence. "'Well, will you come a little way on the road with us?' asked the drover. This the boys agreed to, and went on for about a quarter of a mile, when all at once the Salisbury coach appeared on the road, coming to meet them. This new trouble was pointed out to Ruff, and at once, when her little master had given the order, she dashed barking into the midst of the mass of sheep and drove them furiously to the side from end to end of the extended flock, making a clear passage for the coach, which was not delayed a minute and no sooner was the coach gone than the sheep were put back into the road then the drover pulled out his sovereign once more and tried to make the boy take it i mustn't he repeated almost in tears what would father say say he won't say nothing he'll think you've done well but Caleb thought that perhaps his father would say something, and when he remembered certain whippings he had experienced in the past, he had an uncomfortable sensation about his back. "'No, I mustn't,' was all he could say, and then the drovers, with a laugh, went on with their sheep. When Isaac came home and the adventure was told to him, he laughed, and said that he meant to sell rough some day— he used to say this occasionally to tease his wife because of the dog's intense devotion to her, and she, being without a sense of humour and half thinking that he meant it, would get up out of her seat and solemnly declare that if he ever sold Ruff she would never again go out to the down and see what the boys were up to. One day she visited the boys when they had the flock near the turnpike, and, seating herself on the turf a few yards from the road, got out her work and began sewing. Presently they spied a big, singular-looking man coming at a swinging pace along the road. He was in shirt-sleeves, barefooted, and wore a straw hat without a rim. Ruff eyed the strange being's approach with suspicion, and going to her mistress placed herself at her side. The man came up and sat down at a distance of three or four yards from the group, and Ruff, looking dangerous, started up and put her forepaws on her mistress's lap and began uttering a low growl. "'Will that dog bite, missus?' said the man. "'Maybe he will,' said she. "'I won't answer for he if you come any nearer.' The two boys had been occupied cutting a faggot from a furze bush with a bill-hook, and now held a whispered consultation as to what they would do if the man tried to hurt mother, and agreed that as soon as Ruff had got her teeth in his leg they would attack him about the head with the bill-hook. They were not required to go into action. The stranger could not long endure Ruff's savage aspect, and very soon he got up and resumed his travels. The shepherd remembered another curious incident in Ruff's career— at one time, when she had a litter of pups at home, she was yet compelled to be a great part of the day with the flock of ewes, as they could not do without her. The boys just then were bringing up a motherless lamb by hand, and they would put it with the sheep, and to feed it during the day were obliged to catch a ewe with milk. The lamb trotted at Caleb's heels like a dog, and one day when it was hungry and crying to be fed, 
when ruff happened to be sitting on her haunches close by it occurred to him that ruff's milk might serve as well as a sheep's the lamb was put to her and took very kindly to its canine foster mother wriggling its tail and pushing vigorously with its nose ruff submitted patiently to the trial and the result was that the lamb adopted the sheep-dog as its mother and sucked her milk several times every day to the great admiration of all who witnessed it End of chapter five